Amen. Thank you, young people. You are dismissed. Let's dismiss quietly this morning. Let's turn to Revelation chapter 4 this morning. Revelation chapter 4. I want you to be in prayer for some meetings we have coming up on June the 19th. We'll have Dr. Don Sisk with us, a longtime representative of Baptist International Missions and missions professor at West Coast Baptist College and, and just a... Uh, a statesman for the cause of Christ and missionary work all around the world. And I'm looking forward to hearing from him and his wisdom. And so he'll preach a Father's Day service. He's been a father for almost 70 years. And so uh, I'm sure he has some wisdom regarding that. And then on Sunday night, he will preach our graduation uh, for our high school and award ceremony that night. And then also Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday night, we'll have some special meetings here at the church. And we're gearing up the choir and the ensemble and other special music for those nights. And we are looking forward uh, to a time with Dr. Sis. So be in prayer for that. Invite some friends to come. And um, I'll say this, he has a, a much simpler way of putting things than I do. I guess that's years and years of wisdom. And so if somebody needs to hear the gospel, he'll, he'll put it real simple for them, and it'll be a help and a blessing. Uh, my son, Austin, has been home a little bit, and he's, he shared with me that when he goes out on tour singing or preaching, they've told him that you shouldn't preach longer than your age. So he's 21 years old, and I got thinking, well, Dr. Sis just turned 89 this week. So it's going to be some good meetings, amen? So you come and leave your watch at home, and we'll just let him have whatever time the Lord lays upon his heart. Revelation chapter 4. This, this is not my message this morning. I just want to read this. And we'll see. Uh, I'm praying I have enough time left to preach when I'm done. After this, I looked... Behold, a door was opened in heaven. The first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. John the Revelator is writing, he's been exiled to the Isle of Patmos, and you know it's interesting that sometimes God has to get us away from the rest of the world to be able to minister and speak to us. If you were to look back in Revelation chapter 1, you'll find that John was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. God didn't just show up and begin to speak to him in, a, in the midst of a, uh, of, of a sinful season of his life, but instead, John, even though the circumstances around him were very contrary, and he was on this prison colony of an island, he took time to be with the Lord. And as he was walking upon the shores of that island the bible said he was in the spirit and god spoke to him he heard a voice and he turned and he saw the one that speaketh and we know of course that god would give him revelation he would give him the words to write to the seven churches of asia Ephesus, ephesus and smyrna and philadelphia and laodicea and, and all the rest pergamus some he would commend and others he would condemn. But make no doubt about it, the Lord knows what is going on in his churches. And he knows those who have left their first love. I'm thinking about the, the singing today and, and every song, and even though the specials didn't necessarily, they, they'd been picked months ago, and I picked some songs about singing because the choir was singing, who can keep from singing. I don't know if you noticed, but every other special talked about singing. Every last one of them 
We sing about his grace. We sing about this or that. And, and it just it was such a blessing to see how God put all those and tied them all together. But my thoughts were sitting here this morning was that we will sing for eternity. So I, I just think we sing a little bit too long. Oh, heavens. Wait till we get home. Wait till we get home. I, I wonder if you'll ever talk again. We'll just be walking around singing praise all the time. We'll be at his throne singing praise all the time. And as I read verse 1 of chapter 4, I'm, I'm encouraged in my heart that though I know he's speaking specifically to John the Revelator, when he says, come up hither, and he hears the voice like a trumpet, come up hither, one day I will hear that. And one day the father will say, son, go and get your bride. And the Bible says, the Lord himself shall descend with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and he'll call us all to meet him in the air. Praise the Lord, we're not worried about those that have already gone on. For we will not hinder those. For the dead in Christ shall rise first. And we will be together forever with them, with the Lord. What a wonderful privilege to stand in the very presence of God. And as we read Revelation chapter 4 this morning, we're going to see what that presence looks like. And notice with you, well, as we, as we turn, as he says in verse 1, Come up hither, and I will show thee the things which must be hereafter. Chapters 2 and 3, he tells about the church age. There were seven churches of Asia, and scholars that are much more smarter than I believe, not only were they literal churches, but they were ages of the church. And I think if we look through history, we would probably agree with that. We can see the great revivals of the previous generation, but now we have sunken into that place of a Laodicean attitude. Where in many churches they are religious but lost. Christ is on the outside knocking on the door, pleading to come in to his own church. They have continued with church without him. But as we see a glimpse of what John is saying... He's saying, after the church age, or I'll give you a glimpse, I will show you what things must happen hereafter. After the end of the age, after the end of this age, we call the age of grace or the local church age or dispensation. And he says in verse 2, and immediately I was in the spirit. And behold, a throne was set in heaven and one sat on the throne. You know, that lines up with what I believe about the resurrection. The Bible says that my body will be sown a physical body, but raised a spiritual body. The Bible says that John was in the spirit, and so as he's caught up into heaven, and we know that he'll return to earth, and we know that he'll die a death on that island, but for a moment he is experiencing what we all will experience who are in Christ Jesus, that one day we will stand before God in a spiritual body. And he says, well, here's what I saw, and I behold a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on that throne. I just listened to Austin and the ensemble saying, only one, only one is king of every king. I think today is the very day that they're celebrating the 70th year of Queen Elizabeth. They've had four days of celebration I kind of wish we'd have given us a four-day weekend over here. And, and I admire her steady leadership over the years. Don't get me wrong. But one day she'll take off her crown. 
and she'll lay it at the feet of Jesus. I'm not implying today that she knows the Lord or is saved. I don't know what her spiritual condition is. But I do know this, that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And the Bible says that John got to heaven and, and imagine all the things that John has experienced in his life. He witnessed an earthly king by the name of Herod put his savior to death. He saw the Roman government that included Pilate. He saw the, the leaders of the Jews cry, crucify him. It was some leader that banished him to the Isle of Patmos. But in his heart, John knows that one day, all of them will give an account to God. And when he got to heaven that day, he stood before a throne that only had one on it. The culmination of this age, there will be one ruler, one king, one supreme authority. And friend, if you're under the sound of my voice today, whether here or online, I want you to know this. You will give yourself an account unto God. You will answer to him. And the, a lot of things will happen at that day, I'm sure, and things that I don't even understand or comprehend as of yet, and, and my feeble understanding of eschatology and end times event. But this I know, there's going to be books opened. And we're going to be judged according to what is written in those books. The Bible says one of those books is a book of life. And if your name is in the book of life, you have eternal life. But whosoever whose name was not found written in the book of life shall be cast in the lake of fire. The Bible says there's more than one book. It says the books, plural, were opened in Revelation chapter 20. I believe the other one is the book of works. I believe that those who are found in the book of life have been washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. But I believe that those who are in the book of works have never trusted Jesus. And as the Lord Jesus Christ opens those books, the Lamb, the only one who was worthy to open those seals, he goes down the list and he picks a name and it says, belonged to Bethel Baptist Church. And Jesus says, all but vanity. Prophesied in my name. Cast out demons in my name. Filthy works. Rags before the sight of God. You see, all the things that we can do in this flesh are not enough to please a holy God. We must be clothed in the righteousness of Christ. There's an old song that says, and the transaction so quickly was made. That word transaction means so much. There was a trade that took place. God took our place. He paid our price. We were purchased with his own blood. And when Christ died on the cross, he didn't do it for his own sins. He was perfect and sinless, the spotless Lamb of God, as John would call him, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. But instead, he died for the sins of mankind. And if we can put our faith and trust in him, we can be eternally saved through the blood of Christ. And you'll put your name in the book of life. You see, without your name in that place, there's no way to get into heaven. You must come through Jesus Christ.
He is the way, the truth, and the life. There's one that sat on the throne. You cannot give account to any other. You may come to this altar today and try to convince me that you're a good person. You may show me all the works of your hands, but I'm not the one. I'm not the one you need to convince. You may lie to yourself, and so many have. We live in a a world of delusion. I remember many years ago working in Bible college and I was a Canadian, and I, and I could not uh, take a, a regular job. I need tissue. Somebody hid my tissue. Good night. And so I, I would go to the mail room, and they put jobs up on the bulletin board that you could go and do, raking leaves, whatever it was. And I remember going to this lady's mansion. I wish I could remember her name. Another fellow went with me, Rick Throckmorton, and we took this job. She had acres and acres of land, and she didn't like even one leaf on it. And we'd cut the grass, and we'd rake those leaves, and she had a moat around her house. I'm telling you, it was a castle. I'm not, she had a river, went all the way around. You had to drive across a bridge. And that, that thing got deep with leaves, and she wanted it all clean. We're shoveling water and leaves and trying to get it cleaned out and working. Mrs. Her, I remember her name, Mrs. Hoffmeister. Mrs. Hoffmeister. One day she came out with some iced tea and she was sharing it. And by the way, not that powdered stuff we get up here. Real iced tea, amen. And, and she brought us some iced tea and we began to talk to her about the Lord and the gospel. And she said this, she says, I, just, I believe everybody's going to heaven. And I don't know why she said this, even the Catholics. I don't know why she said that. I'm guessing she'd had a bad experience. I believe everybody's going to heaven. Can I tell you that when you stand before the one, it doesn't matter one iota what you think. All that matters is what did you do with Jesus Christ? What did you do with the Son of God who paid the price for your sins? Did you believe him? Did you trust him? Did he come into your life and transform you and make you a new creature? Because that's what he desires to do today. That throne that John saw, the Bible says he he said there was one that sat upon the throne. And he that sat, listen to him, was to look upon like a jasper and sardine stone. And there was a rainbow. By the way, the rainbow belongs to God. I I know what's going on. It's the month of June. And here's what I also know. Pride cometh before destruction. The rainbow has always been a symbol of God's covenant of mercy and grace. And the Bible says that God hung it right around his throne to remind us that we are only there by grace. In sight like unto an emerald, and round about the throne were four and twenty seats. And upon the seats I saw four and twenty elders sitting clothed in white raiment, and they had on their heads crowns of gold. And out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunders and voices, and there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne there was a sea of glass like unto crystal. Are are you picturing it today? If you need to, close your eyes while I read. Just picture this scene of the one upon the throne. And in the midst of the throne and round about the throne were four beasts full of eyes before and behind. 
The first beast was like a lion and the second beast like a calf. And the third beast had a face as a man and the fourth beast was like a living flying eagle. And the four beasts had each of them six wings about him. And they were full of eyes within and the rest not day and night. And here's some singing for you saying, holy, 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 Lord God almighty, which was and is and is to come. By the way, you say, I don't don't like church so loud. The Bible says it's like the voice of many waters in heaven. The crashing of the oceans resound the very name of God as he is sung about in praise day and night. Verse 9, and when those beasts give glory and honor and thanks to him that sat on the throne, who liveth forever and ever. A few minutes ago, I, I made mention of Dr. Sisk. And, and I, I love Brother Sisk, I do. And he, he is so much fun. He texts. He sends text messages at 89 years old. And there's some of the funniest things you ever saw. I remember his, his son grew up with Pastor Faulkner from Emmanuel. They grew up together at uh, Tennessee Temple College and, and the church there, uh, Highland Park Baptist Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And they grew up together. So last time Brother Sisk was here, he says, could we stop by and see Brother Faulkner? I said, sure. So we went by. And we were sitting in the office and he said, he says, uh, give me, give me, he says, I don't have your son's number. Give me, t- he's, I think his son's uh, Tim, Dr. Sis' son's Tim. He says, give me his number. And he says, I'll, I'd like to give him a call. I don't have his number right now. He says, sure. So he gives him his number. And he says, matter of fact, he says, give me your number and I'll text it to him. Dr. Sis said this. I'll text it to my son. I'll text your number. And, and Brother Faulkner looks up and goes, you text? And he looked back and he says, you don't? <laughs> Just, just the sweet spirit of God. But here's the thing. We, we'll, we'll learn a lot of wisdom. There, there's something that old, seasoned, experienced preachers have that we, we can learn from. But notice what it says about our God. He is forever and ever and ever. He is the ancient of days. Amen. We trust in so many things to solve our problems. John says there's one upon the throne, and he's been there forever. And he will be there forever. Listen, I, I, I don't know your spiritual condition today, but if you don't know Jesus, there's no way around this king. You won't outlive him. You, you can't wait for another one to come along that appeals to your sense of morality that lines up with your belief system, your philosophy of life. There's one king and one God, and he's eternal. And he said, I am the Lord, I change not. And one day you'll stand before him. John was caught up in the spirit that day, and he stood before God. And it's the same God that we will stand before if God calls us today 2,000 years later. He's not changed a bit. And the requirements are just the same. What have you done with Jesus? He is the author and the finisher of your faith. What have you done with Jesus? He was the lamb crucified arose. What have you done with Jesus? He is the redeemer. What have you done with Jesus? 
He's the anchor of our soul. I could go on all day. We trust in so many things. But one day you'll find yourself in Revelation chapter 4, standing before the one, giving an account of yourself before God. The Bible says the four and the 20 elders fall down before him. Or sorry, verse, verse 9. And when those beasts give glory and honor and thanks to him that sat on the throne, who liveth forever and ever, the four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne and worship him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne saying, Listen, thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. Listen, you say, why am I accountable? Here's why. For thou hast created all things. And for thy pleasure they are and were created. You will stand before your creator. The one. The one. And you'll either do what the song the singers just did and praise him forever. Or you'll find yourself without your name written in the book of life. And cast away from the eternal presence of God into a place called the lake of fire. I believe this is just my way of interpreting, and I, I may be wrong, and so I'm not, I'm not preaching this, and I'm not standing on this. As a, you can fight me if you want. I don't care. But I believe that whosoever was not found written in the Lamb's book of life shall be cast in the lake of fire. Do you know what it says in Revelation chapter 21, the very next chapter? It says, Behold, I, John, saw a great city coming down. He talks about that bride adorned. And then he says, as we walk into that city together, God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. He said, there's, there's no tears in heaven. Oh, there is. Until that day, God wipes them away. And why does he have to wipe them away? Because we just saw countless multitudes cast into a lake of fire. Is that the reason? That's what I think happens. I think when the Bible says that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess, many of them will be pleading for their lives. Death and hell shall give up their dead. And they'll stand before God and every knee shall bow. And I think many of them will say, oh God, help us. Forgive us. But unless their name is in the book of life, they too shall be cast in the lake of fire. See, then how do we get our name in there? It's simple, really. Believe in the finished work of Jesus Christ. You see, what is that work? That he alone died on a cross, sent from God the Father to pay the price for your sins. Nobody else. No church, no religious system, no good works, lest any man should boast. We are saved by grace through faith. And grace is a gift of God that is given to those who put their faith in Jesus. And you can come to him today. And the Bible says he shall in no wise cast you out. But if you'll come today in faith, we'd be happy to take a Bible and show you, answer, answer any questions you have. You say, well, what about this? 
The Bible has an answer. I, I need to know uh, if, I, if, I, if I make this step, if I trust in Jesus, and by the way, only Jesus, there's only, there's only one. Broad is the path that leadeth to destruction. Narrow is the path that leadeth to eternal life, and few there be that find it. There's only one that sits upon the... You, you can't run to a different throne. There's no other place to go. There's no one else that can let you in. There's only one. We can answer any questions you have about him today from the word of God. We'll take all the time you want. You say, well, a little bit of hellfire and brimstone today. Let me say this. It's because we love you. I'm not trying to hurt anybody. I'm not trying to be hateful. It's because we love you. And we want you to know Jesus. We want you to know that you can have eternal life and like John, here's the thing. Everybody's going to stand before that throne. John did it with great joy. I look forward to that day. I can't wait. I feel like when we come here and we sing and we get a little taste of it. But I'm, I'm, I, I'm not trying to insult the singers today. I was thinking, Donna, we need to get the music for that song. And that's a great hymn. It's just three verses, three choruses. What a great, great song. We could sing that as a congregation. All the praise. We will remember the works of his hands, the hymns that we sang today, the choir. How can I keep from singing? But listen, listen, listen. One second in heaven, you're going to think, what were we doing down there? That, I'm not insulting you guys. Listen, trust me. You're going to think that was so feeble and so weak. I did my best. But in comparison to the presence of God and the songs of the angels and the, the multitudes of saints, like the sound of many waters, some of y'all have to bring earplugs. Amen. What a day that will be when by Jesus I shall see. When I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace. You can have it all today, but you have to come to him, the one, and trust him today for eternal life. Let us help you. Let us show you what it means to be saved. Father, we love you. We thank you for your many wonderful blessings today. Lord, is there one here that doesn't know you? Lord, we don't desire to see anybody go to hell. And I know you, you're not willing that any should perish that all should come to repentance. I pray there would be some here today that would repent, turn away from everything else they've trusted in in this life and understand that one day they'll stand before God. There's only one upon the throne. And because there's only one, we have to do it his way. There's not many ways to heaven. Broad is the road that leads to destruction. Lord, because there's one, we, we have to trust his son, Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, the life, and no man come to the Father but by him. There's a pathway to that throne. John, the author of the Revelation, he took that path when he trusted Jesus Christ. It's the only way. All others who will stand before God will do it to give account in final judgment. Oh God, may we escape the wrath of God by trusting in the 
shed blood of Calvary and the work that Jesus Christ has done, that we might be clothed in his righteousness, that we might become the children and sons of God. Lord, I feel so feeble trying to explain this all the time, and I just, I pray that you would lend your power, Lord, that you would speak through my weakness, that you would minister to hearts. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand this morning with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. Is there one here today say, Preacher, I don't know Jesus. At least not like you spoke of him. Not as the Son of God, the one that sits upon the throne, the one that we will answer to. Could we help you today? Is there one? Would you pray for me, Pastor? Let me say this. I think sometimes we have friends and loved ones that go to church. They're good people. A lot of times you'll say to somebody, are you saved? They say, here's the answer I often hear. Yeah, I did that. Long, long time ago, I did that. And we take that answer and say, okay, they're, they're fine. When we know in our heart that Jesus is the only way of salvation and we will all stand before the one true God and they are as lost as can be. But it appeases our conscience because they go to church or they've said they've done that and we see all the other gods in their life. All the things they're trusting in. If you believe the message that one day we will stand before the one true God and give account of what we have done with his son, Jesus Christ, we must not be passive. The apostle said, who should we go to for you have the words of life? Where else could we go? We have the words of life. And there's a lost and dying world desperate to know him. The altar's open. If God has spoke to your heart, you come and pray. If you need to be saved, we want to help you today. We'll show you what the Bible says about eternal life. Only trust him. Only trust him. Only trust him now. He will save you.